Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for info that you need to make yourself a smarter, better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and betters, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Indeed, welcome in as we have settled into the latest edition of the only digital radio show that loves to focus on the little guy, the guy not being given as much of a chance or as much of an opportunity to win in the biggest of games. It is Three Dog Thursday, and I am your somewhat capable host. Yes, the football season has been put to bed. Lots of hoops about to be talked about upcoming here on the program. In fact, straight ahead, our senior uh, handicapper, insider, uh, when it comes to everything with the lines, the movements, the underdogs, and more. Brian Edwards here from both MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Love his insight on all, and we've got lots of basketball, lots of college hoops, and even some NBA to go over uh, here on the program on the most latest edition of the show. And however you found this podcast, whether you did so through a social media link, whether you did so from the from our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast and sportsgamblingpodcast.com, uh, again, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dant, uh, the the entire group with Sports Gambling Podcast and all their offshoot of shows off the network of shows. However you found us through them, subscribe away to this podcast. We come your way on Thursdays. We stay relevant through the weekend with all kinds of tips and underdog advice in college basketball in specific as we're now inside of a month from Selection Sunday. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get a podcast. Again, uh, we always love the insight and we're, uh, of our guests, and we're, we're here for you making the predictions and the picks as we get heavier and heavier into college basketball, which we are anxious to talk much more about uh, here as the program goes on. So subscribe away, and we thank you for finding us. So let me say at the outset that I do know it has been a, a devastating time right now in terms of the bad weather across the middle part of the country, really from, uh, let's say, the Rocky Mountains coming all the way east. I, I'm in the Sunshine State. I'm in the state of Florida. No, not in the state of delirium or the state of confusion, but I'm in the state of Florida, and we have been warm. We have been nice, and that, hey, 
That's why we've been winning with weather for the decades and decades and decades that I have lived in the Tampa Bay area. I realize not everybody has it this way. With temperatures in the single digits, wind chills in the negatives uh, all over the place, Uh, In Texas, they have been crippled by this winter storm of February 2021 with snow, with cold weather, with power outages. It is awful what has gone on in Texas and in the Southwest. In the Midwest, I I know they have gotten feet, plural, of snow over the last couple of weeks. In the Mid-South, where I was born and raised and where I went to college in Memphis, Tennessee, they have been pounded all week with snow. They're getting more snow. As I'm taping this podcast on Wednesday, they're getting pounded with more snow on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Again, uh, everybody stay safe, stay warm. It it is a nightmare for those that do not have power, that do not have heat. Hopefully the authorities, the government officials, uh, the power companies can get that resolved and worked out as Wednesday becomes Thursday and and get some people back up and running. Uh, For a lot of them, though, for tens of millions, unable to get their car out of the driveway, unable to get down the street, etc., you were given warning. There was warning from last weekend that this was coming uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, that the nasty weather would be moving across. I know the eastern time zone, the northeast, the mid-Atlantic and the northeast is now getting the snowstorm as well as the week goes on. Sports being affected everywhere. You may hear Brian and I talking about games that end up getting affected. Again, we don't have any idea when we put the podcast to bed on Wednesday what might get delayed, so just bear with us on that. Uh, with the weather, the nasty weather, the snow, the ice, the travel concerns. I mean, I mean, I do know at the time that we are taping this that, for example, I had done a radio interview with my colleagues Dave Woloshin and Brett Norsworthy, Wolo and Stats. I'm on with them every Wednesday in Memphis, and as it stood, the delayed Oklahoma City uh, Memphis Grizzlies NBA game was slated to be played on Wednesday night with Oklahoma City flying in the afternoon of the game because of bad weather and coming straight to the FedEx Forum on Beale Street in downtown Memphis to play the game. Numerous NBA games in Texas have been canceled. Some other ones in other places have been uh, postponed or delayed. There's college basketball delayed. So again, everybody stay safe. And try to stay warm uh, with this. All right, lots to cover on the podcast. Let me say that I began uh, here tonight with a heavy heart um, for one of my one of my guys that I enjoyed doing radio with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Vincent Jackson, a 12-year NFL veteran, a three-time Pro Bowler, found dead earlier this week in Tampa. Shocking, folks, uh, that Vincent Jackson, at only 38 years of age, is gone from us. Um, As much euphoria as there was around the Super Bowl, this is a gut punch for me, personally and professionally. I did Vincent's radio show for two seasons during a lot of bad football, and he was a stand-up guy. He didn't get along with all of the media in San Diego and in Tampa Bay, but he was very good to me. I know I'm a team employee, and I enjoyed being around Vincent and even talking off the air about families. He loved his wife, Lindsay, uh, loved being a dad with... Uh, with three children under the age of 10. Um, What I fear here, again, I don't have this on any authority, but the family has even begun to talk about this uh, now after Vincent was found dead on, on Monday, staying in a Tampa hotel. He had moved into a Tampa hotel in early January. And, and again, not many people knew that outside of his family, 
Um, uh, Vincent was around people socially and in and around the Super Bowl being played in Tampa Bay with the Bucks and the Chiefs, and there were people that did not know what was going on here. And the family has even said that they're now concerned that traumatic brain injury, CTE, and 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 brain injury after his career may have been affecting Vincent Jackson. In the coming days and the coming weeks, we'll learn more from the medical examiner in Hillsborough County in Tampa about what kind of drugs were in his system, how big of a role did alcohol play. Uh, There was a drinking problem for Vincent Jackson. Again, all of this is so hard to accept because Vincent Jackson had been such a pillar in this community with military families, needy families, with his foundation. Uh, Vincent was the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee four years in a row for the Buccaneers. Uh, during the 2013 through 2016 seasons. Uh, just did amazing things for military families with, with their children in particular that would have a parent deployed for six months, a year at a time. Vincent came from a military family where they moved all the time, where his dad was gone a bunch on military deployment. This was a special cause to him to help military kids, elementary age, Early, early middle school age kids deal without having a parent uh, somewhere around. Um, they helped dozens and dozens and dozens of military families with that foundation, trying to readjust uh, coming out of military life. If you if you retired from the military, Vincent's organization, his foundation, helping provide money, helping provide guidance on housing, uh, etc., how to, how to integrate into the regular work world outside of the Army or, or the military. Again, I can't say enough about how much this man meant off the field the last three or four years with his organization. As recently, I'm talking him up, and deservedly so, as recently as December, his foundation was providing tens of thousands of dollars to needy families for food, for gifts for Christmas, etc. His, his uh, Jackson in Action Foundation. Uh, to have this happen is just devastating on a on a personal level. Uh, so many bad guys in and around professional sports that blow all their money, don't care about anybody else. I don't wish ill on anybody. All right, but there are so many guys that don't give a, a crap about anybody or anything else and blow all their money. Vincent Jackson was not that. Vincent Jackson wasn't within a hundred miles of that. So this is awful, and I fear, again, I don't have it on any authority, the test will come, that CTE, brain injury, not unlike what happened with Junior Seau, the Hall of Fame linebacker with the uh, San Diego Chargers and later played at the end of his career with the New England Patriots, where Seau was suffering, uh, again, from concussions, CTE, post-career brain trauma, brain injury, and Junior even told those close to him, I'm, I'm not myself. I don't want you to see me like this. It got isolated. This is similar to the story like of Vincent Jackson, who was uh, in and around uh, Junior Seau in San Diego at the very end of his career uh, when Seau was there. Um, we've seen this far too many times with CTE, with players and their brains. And the movie that was made that starred Will Smith about this, this is the NFL's boogeyman on concussions and brain injuries. Uh, so again, it's it's hard. It's a little therapeutic for me to be talking to you about it here on Three Dog Thursday because uh, it's been hard for me to... Uh, I, I hurt for his family. I hurt from all of his 
uh, closest friends and business associates. I mean, Vincent had numerous businesses that were doing exceedingly well from restaurants to real estate. This was not a financial thing. This is obviously demons that we didn't know about um, and that none of us could help him with. And it's just awful. So anyway, um, heart heart goes out to Lindsey Jackson, the family, the the close people around him, his business associates, some of whom I, I know and I'm not going to name their names, his Jackson and Action Foundation people, their board members. They're dealing with a horrible, horrific end-of-life situation here. And uh, we'll see what the investigation comes out and says further to give us more definitive answers uh, on that. All right, so let's bring it back uh, to the hoops. And before I get to Brian Edwards here in just a couple of moments, uh, there's a lot of basketball to be played here over the next three or four weeks. And we are staring right at the possibility of no Kentucky, no Michigan State, no Duke in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Kentucky for sure at six games below 500 right now, unless they put on a miraculous turnaround, somehow win the the SEC tournament and, and get the automatic bid for the big dance. Not going to happen. And, and Michigan State showing no signs of life right now uh, themselves off of COVID-19 pause and, and being beaten badly by Iowa, being beaten again by Purdue midweek, and they have got a tremendously difficult schedule coming here. What about Duke? And what about this situation with their star player, Jalen Johnson, which, again, Brian's going to have some thoughts about this in a few moments. Johnson's their best player, and he has decided the, the correct word is to quit or give up on the season. This this new phrase, and we talked about it in the football season, opting out. When you opt out, you opt out at the beginning, before anything is played. If you have a health concern, an injury concern, you're opting not to play the season. This is not opting out of anything. Jalen Johnson has decided that he's no longer going to help his Duke teammates try to win games in the ACC and maybe make the NCAA tournament. More than likely, they aren't going to be in the NCAA tournament More than likely, they weren't going to really contend at the ACC tournament. But this is giving up or quitting on your team. There is no other way to sugarcoat it or disguise it. Yes, he's an NBA prospect. It is believed that he's going to be a top 10, if not top 5, NBA prospect. But folks, Duke has had two recent examples. Kyrie Irving, long before being an NBA star and an NBA champion with the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron, was at Duke for one season. And he seriously, if you remember this, if you're a longtime college basketball fan, you remember this. He injured his toe after getting off to a great start at his Duke career, the one and only year he was going to be there. Everybody knew that. He was going to be a one and done. Kyrie injured his toe and was out not just for a few games. It turns out he was out from December all the way until the NCAA tournament. And with people saying, don't go back and play college basketball, it meant enough to Kyrie, to Coach K, who believed in him and gave him a scholarship, and his Duke teammates, that even with the presumption that he was going to be the number one overall pick, which he was later in that draft, he came back after three months and played in the NCAA tournament and actually played pretty well in their final two games with Michigan, and then they eventually lost in the Sweet 16 to Arizona. So the point is, Kyrie Irving came back and played and still was the number one overall pick. Jalen Johnson doesn't even have an injury, folks. This is just deuces, I'm out. I want to go get ready for the NBA because Duke's having a bad season. What about Zion Williamson a couple of years ago? Zion Williamson, who was devastating, the presumptive number one pick again in the upcoming NBA draft, injured his knee, remember very famously, in the first minute of the North Carolina game at Cameron. 
injured his knee when the shoe blew out. Uh, He sprained a knee ligament and was out for three weeks and missed six games. Returned again at the very end of the season and for the ACC tournament. With everybody saying, don't play another second of college basketball. you got to think about all your money, blah, 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 blah. He's the presumptive number one pick. It meant enough to Zion Williamson and his teammates at Duke to come off of injury and play for Duke and help them win the ACC tournament where he was the most outstanding player of the ACC tournament. They beat Carolina in the semifinals. He had a monster game. They beat Florida State in the championship game. They went on to the NCAA tournament in the Elite Eight, and Cassius Winston and Michigan State beat them in the final minute of the Elite Eight game in Washington, D.C. But the point is, Zion Williamson came back and was later the number one pick in the NBA draft. So I don't want to hear this, that the NBA career must mean more. It didn't mean more to Kyrie Irving than being at Duke. It didn't mean more than Zion Williamson being at Duke. And both of them were hurt and risking much more with possible injury here in this instance. So again, I'll get Brian's thoughts in a few moments. Duke at the time that we're talking is playing Wednesday night. We don't know the result with Wake Forest. We'll go over their schedule. They've got Virginia on Saturday. Very interesting for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Will Duke bow its back, band together with these games? Uh, They did win impressively over NC State over the weekend, but that's NC State. Uh, Can they bow their back with a Virginia team that got boat raced by Florida State on Monday night? We'll find out. Anyway, we'll talk more with Brian on that in a few moments. And can't wait for all of the different uh, college basketball here to unfold. The games are going to take on more and more significance. We're going to start trying to identify the mid-major teams, whether it's Loyola of Chicago. You're going to hear Brian talking about Mountain West teams when he joins us a little later on on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Missouri Valley teams like Loyola of Chicago to watch out for. Belmont Bruins to watch out for out of the Ohio Valley Conference and on and on. It is, uh, it's a magical time. It's going to be different with the COVID pauses, with the NCAA trying to play the tournament only in Indianapolis or at least in the state of Indiana for the beginning part of the tournament. It's going to be different, but at least we're getting something. We should be happy that we're getting something here uh, in and around it on Three Dog Thursday. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get into the games uh, and what's going to be happening. Brian Edwards with me straight ahead here as we get everything rolling with some underdogs, some analysis, some insight on the college hoops, the NBA, and much more. Let's do it right now. Indeed, he is here. Good to have Brian Edwards from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider, our senior handicapper, back with us. As we now, we, we do have to move past. The football season is done. The next thing will be free agency in the NFL and the draft. But we, we now we have college basketball going big. We have the NBA that will eventually uh, whittle down to their postseason. So we'll start to focus more on that. Brian, first of all, good to have you back in here. I know we're ready to talk plenty of hoops in the conversation here about the short term for Thursday night and then obviously stuff that's going on on the weekend. How are things, my friend? Oh, things are great, man. I've gone on a nice little NBA run. Uh, I am 13-1 and one. Uh, since February 11th, and all 13 winners have beaten the closing lines by an average margin of 12.8 points per game. The only L was when Phoenix blew a 24-point lead last night to Brooklyn. Mm, yes, I, I saw some of that with the big comeback and James Harden hitting the big uh, shot. And you're you're actually going to be interested in giving the audience uh, some tastes of some things that you like. 
Uh, but yeah, you're rolling, you're documented, so that is good. So before we get to the NBA, I spent some time just before you've come on here laying out the case, kind of almost like a prosecutor in a courtroom here, Brian, about Jalen hmm. Johnson, uh, the Duke star player. Uh, you know, everybody concedes he's going to be a top five NBA draft pick, all things being equal. Suddenly deciding, and this uh, this is correct, he is quitting uh, in the middle of their season and deciding to leave. It is incorrect to say that you're uh, that you're opting out on the season for whatever concern. If you were going to opt out, you would have opted out before you played any games. This is now giving up on the rest of Duke's basketball season. And I laid out the case with the Kyrie Irving example and with the Zion Williamson example that they were both injured. Brian, and yet still stuck around with everybody telling them you're going to go to the NBA. Why are you doing this? Why are you risking this? You're a one and done. Kyrie Irving stuck around for three months and only played in the NCAA tournament. And Zion Williamson was injured for three weeks and came back for the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. Both of them ended up going number one overall. So there's no argument. There's none about protecting your draft status from that standpoint. Enough of me. Uh, I, I know you are far from a Duke lover or a Coach K defender, but what say you about this situation here where Duke's best player has said, deuces, adios, I'm out? Well, it, it's real simple. I mean, he, he only got eight minutes of playing time, but they did win, and they had certainly been slumping, and by Duke standards, the whole season's been a monster slump. Uh, he didn't get any playing time the other day, and like he whined and moaned and quit like a, a little scrub. And, you know, people might think he has top five NBA talent, but that dude ain't going in the top ten of the NBA draft. And I, I, I got to admit, I don't really know that much about the guy, but just in writing a, just a quick little write-up about it, um, whatever that was yesterday or the day before, um, I, I found out that he played for three different high schools in three different years. And I feel like I even heard an analyst last night say that he had quit on one. I don't know that he quit on all those high schools or whatever, right. but he had quit in the middle of the year on one of them. So, I mean, any NBA GM that's going to spend a top 10 pick on a guy with just monumental red flags galore in just a whatever, however old he is, a 19-year sample size, uh, is an idiot. NBA GM that would do that and yeah I think he quit and I think it's lame and that's about all I think about it but there, there you have it well and so I'll get into this from a couple of more uh, layers and standpoints I've had a couple of college coaches essentially say this to me that exactly what you said is of huge importance when they recruit at the big time level of okay did you play at more than one school in in high school in prep school and bounce around uh, the same thing with transfers as they've been going on if, if you've transferred if you've been at a junior college, you've transferred, and then you've transferred again, that that teen, that tends to indicate you are the common denominator. Baggage, baggage claim there, baggage problems uh, on that. So that's that's something certainly to to watch out for. Um, and then another angle to this: we don't know the result of Duke playing at Wake Forest on Wednesday night. That game is not complete uh, completed while we are putting the show together and putting it out for Three Dog Thursday on Thursday morning. 
But the games after that, they they have Virginia, they have Syracuse, they have Louisville, they have a rematch with Georgia Tech who beat them earlier in the year, Duke, and then they have North Carolina. Those are the six remaining games. Duke currently at 8-8, eight and eight, there is a really good possibility they're going to take out of those six games at least four losses and be a couple of games below 500. So I now pose this to you. I don't know that a lot of people are realizing and understanding. The NCAA Selection Committee has already said we will consider teams with a losing record. So, Brian Edwards, if, if Duke is in range, isn't the, the name on the front of the jersey going to matter for the NCAA Selection Committee? And if they're within a couple of games of 500, there's consideration for them to play in the tournament. And Jalen Johnson is missing out on any opportunity to help them and or play on the big showcase of the NCAA tournament if they were to take them under my scenario with a, with a losing record of, let's say, only a couple of games below 500. Uh, I'll agree that they ha- they have enough time and, and games to play themselves in. But if they're sitting there at, at 500 or under 500 and I see their name on selection Sunday, I will literally project Alabama. <laughs> and, and back to, back to Jalen again, if anybody has any loyalty to Duke whatsoever, any semblance of loyalty, they would stick around just for the North Carolina revenge game, right. period. Right. So yeah, he's a scrub, and gosh, I they're sixty six in or no, I'm sorry, sixty seven in the net ranking uh, right now, and they only have one quad one win. Yep. But uh, I think you mentioned Virginia would be a quad one win. I don't know if any of the, those other teams. I know Louisville, Louisville. would be close yes. to a quad one. Yes. First. Well, uh, but so, but the point that you're making too is they've, they've got a chance to get an important win or two here at the end oh, yeah. that could make them attractive. But again, uh, you know, Kentucky is nowhere near the Mendoza line, if you will. They are six no. games below 500 At the time that we're talking here, they've got to play Tennessee, and we don't know that result at Tennessee after Tennessee already beat them at Rupp. So they're not going to get close enough for this debate, for argument's sake, here on this. Uh, but yeah. Duke may very well for the team with a losing record name on the front of the jersey. Michigan State, for example, they've got a still a murderer's row schedule coming over the next couple of weeks in the Big Ten. They're not going to be close to 500 either when it's all said and done, probably three or four games below, so it's not going to matter for them. But if Duke's within a couple of games, it might be interesting uh, for them. I know what else I wanted to ask you about. The Alabama Crimson Tide seemed to come to life on the weekend with 115 points. We've been talking about them, kicking them uh, around a little bit. Um, I just want your opinion that as we head towards March, do you believe their style of play with gun the 35-40 volume of three-point shots, 35-40 of them a game, is that going to hold up? Is this Alabama team project for me, crystal ball for me? Are they going to hold up in March, SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, uh, where seemingly one game they're they're scoring 100, but then they have a stretch where they struggle to score 70 playing this way? Will it hold up? What do you say? When you and I'm not necessarily saying that they do live and die with with you know perimeter and and, and you know three point shots. You you're gonna die way more often than you live. That Arizona team with Mike Bibby and Jason Terry and Dickerson, they were like the only team I can remember that kind of lived and died with a three, and they and they lived for six games. It just does not happen uh, very very often. But I mean they they get 
it's more that they don't take mid-range jumpers. They get layups or threes. So I won't say they completely live and die by the three. And, look, they get one of their better players, Jordan Brewer, uh, the Yale grad transfer, who's uh, – he was only averaging like eight points, but like six boards and like a steal and a half and like a block and a half a game. And he's kind of a, a, a screen setter and a big body. Uh, they're going to be helped a lot when he comes back. They've missed him. Uh, and he should be back by the end of the month, hopefully. Um, I think Alabama is a Sweet 16 team. Uh, for them to go beyond that, they need Bruner to be healthy, and they need Petty to shoot threes at about a 45% clip in the tournament. Um, look, they've only been to an Elite Eight once in the history of the program, so they don't have. And I like NCAA tournament experience, and they don't have a lot of it. So I'll call them a Sweet 16 team. They're going to play really well beyond that to go further. And, and again, we should make mention their game with Texas A&M is already postponed uh, because of weather in this case, because Alabama uh, and, and Texas, again, awful situation just uh, with the with the snow and the wintry mix and the freezing temperatures and everything is being canceled left and right as we're taping this. So the Alabama A&M game is postponed, trying to figure out when they can make that up. Uh, and for Saturday, Alabama is to host Vanderbilt, one of the low teams in the SEC, although Vanderbilt did get a win over the weekend over Missouri. Uh, that game in Tuscaloosa early on Saturday uh, for Vanderbilt and Alabama. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, for them. Uh, and, and I'm curious, too, because the SEC, I mean, we, we thought maybe Missouri was looking like they would be a strong at-large, but Missouri took a loss to Georgia uh, midweek. I know the Gators, who you have affinity for, came off of pause, played very hard at Arkansas, but didn't get the win, and that's a much-needed win for Arkansas uh, midweek as well. The SEC is going to be very interesting on, is it four teams? Is it five teams in and around Alabama getting in? We we got to see how things shape up between uh, what Tennessee has to offer and a couple of others down the stretch of the season, right? Yeah, Arkansas has won seven SEC games in a row. Now that I'm omitting uh, Oklahoma State loss uh, in Stillwater during the uh, SEC Big Twelve uh, challenge, but you know I think Florida and Arkansas are the most dangerous SEC teams in the tournament beyond Alabama. I just don't think Tennessee can score enough. They're an elite defensive team. I, I think that they just struggle to get buckets, and I don't. I, See them as a round of 32 and potentially a first round upset if they don't score enough in the first round although they will be seeded well as far as LSU they can score with anybody they can't stop anybody although they did hold Tennessee to 65 this past Saturday but that's just more of a indictment on, on Tennessee's offensive woes but you know Tennessee can't score enough and LSU can't get stopped those teams are, are definitely going to be out in the first weekend and I think uh Arkansas and Florida are the most dangerous SEC teams uh, beyond Alabama. Uh, just, you know, Arkansas's recent form and, and, you know, Florida won at West Virginia, beat Tennessee by 26. Uh, when they're shooting threes well, uh, the Gators are pretty good. No doubt about that. And again, we're going to get into some underdogs here. Brian Edwards with me, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, in just a second for the Thursday games, college basketball. And Brian's even got a couple of NBA things he likes. Then we're going to pause as I'm laying things out, and we'll go for the weekend in college basketball and anything else he likes uh, as well here as part of Three Dog Thursday. One more because you had a nugget. We're going to switch over to the Big East, and I'll go ahead and preview for the audience. I'm looking strongly at UConn as a likely significant underdog at Villa 
Villanova on Saturday. UConn won Tuesday night yet again in the Big East. They followed up their win over Xavier at Xavier, came back home and beat Providence uh, with James Booknight coming back uh, off of injury. Booknight's had an injured elbow, missed four or five games. He had a strong 18-point, five-rebound game in the win over Providence. But the St. John's Red Storm here, speaking of Arkansas and speaking of Mike Anderson in a second season in New York, a lot of people thought, laughed at that, said, awful, what are you doing? A guy with no connection to New York, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly St. John's rolling, and I know you were tweeting out some info about St. John's as well, the win streak, the covers that they've had. They improved to 8-7 and seven in the Big East with a win over Xavier themselves on Tuesday night. The Johnnies are looking like a possible NCAA tournament team, and Mike Anderson deserves a ton of credit when he had a ton of critics uh, about that hire in New York. Yeah, no doubt. They had lost 12 in a row to Xavier just in the head-to-head rivalry <laughs> until they won that one last night. They've now won eight of their last ten. They've gone 9-1 and one against the spread, a signature blowout win over Villanova in, the, in this mix of, of this hot run. And their two outright losses uh, during this ten-game stretch, they lost by two to Marquette and by three in overtime at Butler. Um, I, look, when Mike Anderson got hired – by you know to replace Chris Mullen, I was like, well, they've struck out left and right on like six to seven guys. I mean, for like your plan eight or nine, I thought. I mean, I, I got, I get it. That Mike Anderson, you know, he he was spent decades in Arkansas. He spent what three or four years, maybe five tops at Missouri. He had a little bit of time at UAB, not much, but yeah, he had never been in the area, and that struck me. But I was like, for for like plan eight or nine, that's a <laughs> that's a pretty darn good hire, you know, considering he took Mizzou to an elite eight. Um, was with Nolan during that great run of the eighties and nineties. And I thought it was a good hire for considering you're on your like eighth or ninth choice. And he also was in the NCAA tournament with UAB. I, I remember that back in the old Conference USA days, late 90s, early 2000s, before he was at Missouri and then eventually at Arkansas. So, yes, they will play lowly DePaul coming on Saturday, and then they will play at Villanova St. John's in the rematch. As you mentioned, they beat Villanova decisively in the first meeting Uh, all the way back in January. So let's see for St. John's. And again, kudos to Mike Anderson on that. All right, so let's stick with the college theme. Let's stick with what's coming on Thursday in particular. You've you've kind of looked over the slate, and you have a Big Ten game for Three Dog Thursday purposes that immediately kind of jumped out at you. Give me a little more, please, on what you like maybe as an underdog. Yeah, so uh, as we're taping, Rutgers is only a nine-and-a-half or ten-point dog in Ann Arbor tomorrow night. But every time I see a quality team, especially like in the Big Ten this year, uh, you know, like a Rutgers, and I see like a double-digit number, I think, okay, let me look look there. Uh, Rutgers has won five of its last six since they had that, that little like three-week slump where they didn't win at all. I think they lost five in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Um, as an underdog this year, they're four and four against the spread with three outright wins. Um, and their richest previous underdog spot was a seven point dog uh, spot. So they'll be in the richest dog spot Thursday at Michigan. But then as I looked at Michigan, they're five and one against the spread as a double digit favorite. So right now it's probably a pass. But if that line were to move up to 12 ish, 
I would be interested in Rutgers. And and again, Michigan looked so good, especially in the second half against Wisconsin. It took them a half to get going after they had had over three weeks off because of COVID-19. Uh, they were on the road. They came from behind. They outscored Wisconsin by 20 in the second half. And now they're back at home here. Again, you can't say enough about Jawan Howard. Again, here we go with another hire. It's his alma mater, yes, but nobody's laughing at that hire anymore right now at 14-1, and one, and they got a much stronger stretch of games coming up here with Rutgers. And, and I know you're not taking them in the Big Ten three-dog Thursday night, but uh, interesting, Wisconsin off that uh, Michigan loss is still at home, and they're hosting Iowa and getting a point and a half. I might be – I'm, I'm kind of looking at the Badgers. I will not take them. I've got another game that I am taking. I'm just saying keep an eye on that one. Iowa is off of uh, a couple of easy wins. They uh, they annihilated Michigan State on the, on the weekend um, in a game that was not close. So – uh, I just might like that one uh, out, of, out of the Big Ten there with the Badgers at home. I actually will go with a Pac-12 Thursday night, late night underdog, Brian Edwards. Tell me what you think of the Colorado Buffaloes in Eugene to play Oregon. And again, disclaimer, folks, with all these games that we're talking about, we don't know about COVID-19 pauses. I know we've had a lot of weather situations with the snow and the travel for teams and games being canceled. They can't get the Texas-Oklahoma game played right now midweek. I told you about Alabama-Texas A&M. So the the belief is, this is in the West, that Colorado and Oregon are going to play. Colorado getting two and a half the Buffaloes at Eugene. Colorado did take a loss to Cal on the weekend. A Cal team that has really struggled beat them at home. But that was off of a win in the previous game against Stanford. Cal, or actually, um, Colorado now has four outright Pac 12 road wins. Uh, going back to the Stanford win, Washington State, they beat USC, the top team in the conference at USC. They won all the way in December at Washington in Seattle. I like a taste of Tad Boyle's Colorado Buffaloes in Eugene late night Eastern time Thursday night as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, Brian Edwards. Any, any thought on that game at all? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of lean that way with you. I mean, I, I bought a 60-to-1 ticket on Colorado uh, to win it all uh, about a month back. Now, I don't expect them to win it all. If they get in the Sweet 16, I can hedge it for a profit. I think McKinley Wright's one of the best point guards in America – Coming off that bad loss at Cal, uh, you know, it seems like a good bounce-back spot. I mean, I, I think Colorado's the better team, and we don't have fans. So, uh, you know, I don't know if the road thing is that big of a deal. And uh, as far as the Wisconsin, I'll, I'll never argue against anybody looking to take Wisconsin uh, as a home dog for, like, the last 20 years. Yeah, Greg Gard uh, has been something else uh, at Wisconsin the last couple of years. Uh, one more uh, Pac-12 game, actually a couple more of note. Arizona and UCLA will be playing earlier in the evening, 6 o'clock uh, L.A. time and 9 Eastern time. Uh, this one against uh, Arizona and uh, Arizona, the slight underdog, obviously on the road. And Stanford, who very much needs wins at the end of the year, a borderline NCAA tournament team. Be careful at Washington. I know Washington has only a 3-12 and record in the Pac-12, but Washington getting 11 points right now for Three Dog Thursday. We're talking some Pac-12 on Three Dog Thursday. No West Coast biased here, uh, Brian Edwards. I know you're not and I'm not. Watch out for Washington as well as an 11-point underdog at home 
with Stanford. They've had a tough year, but uh, Stanford very much needs that game. That game going on simultaneously to Colorado and Oregon. So we'll keep an eye on those for Thursday night. Stand by Brian. We've got more with him on the Saturday College uh, uh, basketball. Brian has also got some interesting NBA info as he was teasing, not just for Thursday, but potentially for Friday and for Saturday. All of that is upcoming as we roll along here on Three Dog Thursday. But first, let's talk more about our friends at BetQL with the Super Bowl over and done with. We're turning our attention now to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. And if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They've got algorithms that have simulated all kinds of different games, all the different angles, tons of sportsbook offers that they have on the site. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the BetQL app and get the opportunity to go and play. And we're going to make it worth your while because if you enter the promo code SGP30, you'll get 30% off of your first subscription. That promo code again is SGP30 at betql.com. Get the edge. They've got you covered. They've got all the great info over at betql. It's betql.com, promo code SGP30. We are also brought to you in part by BetterThan.Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball, basketball nba will be here soon as well if the free video picks aren't enough they're giving away cash one thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers make sure you subscribe on the sports gambling podcast network page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv better than vegas btv sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv so you don't miss out on any of these videos head over to better than dot vegas that's better than dot vegas to see more we're also brought to you in part by better edge the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market and the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports bettors and there is no house you can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now we're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on three dog thursday and on wednesday and saturday pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just 10 bucks. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Promo code SGP. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. 
Indeed, we are back in once more with our senior handicapper, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider on a big-time NBA roll is Brian Edwards as he comes back with us. We are going to get to some Saturday college basketball underdogs, but he was saying during our little pause there, I can't I can't wait. I got, I got to get off a couple of rocket launches here, uh, like Steph Curry stepping back from 30 feet or, or like uh, – Dame time, Damian Lillard uh, launching from the logo at midcourt. You're ready to launch on a, on a couple of NBA plays that aren't necessarily underdogs. And you've been rolling with your NBA picks. Give me something. What do you have? It's Three Dog Thursday. Give me something for Thursday you like in the NBA for our audience here. Well, first off, it was Al Dillard, uh, Del Curry, and Brian <laughs> Edwards range before it was Steph Curry range, but I digress. Uh, yeah, so Utah goes into the Wednesday night game at the Clippers on one of the more remarkable runs in NBA history. They're 19-1 and straight up in their last 20 games dating to January 8th when they pimp slot Milwaukee 131 to 118 in this 20 game stretch they're 18 and 2 against the spread and 17 of the 19 wins have been by double digit margins and they've been doing it here the last week or so without Mike Conley um so there's Utah's uh, streak and they'll be at the Clippers again on Friday after doing that Wednesday night as well now the pelicans were a great overplay like nearly all of last season and they started off this year a bunch of unders but going into wednesday's game at home uh or i'm sorry yeah uh at home against portland the over has hit in six straight for the pelicans and 14 of their last 16 and another uh hot or this is a cold streak to keep an eye on cleveland is one in 10 straight up and mired in an 0 and 11 against the spread slump and now they're sitting andre drummond until they figure out whether to trade him or buy him out what have you so there are a couple of uh hot NBA streaks. Oh, and then the other one, oh, well, you were going to cue me up on it anyway. Well, no, tomorrow. yes. Okay, so we keep in mind we keep in mind here uh, that we don't know the Wednesday results. That could obviously affect things, in particular if somebody gets injured, etc. So they need to stay locked in on your social media at Vegas B. Edwards at Major Wager Uno if something happens with those games. But you also, you also liked a Friday night, uh, something to watch for Friday night at the time that we're releasing here, and depending on when they're hearing us on the weekend, what do you have there for uh, that is Brooklyn and the Lakers, right? Um, uh, yeah, and actually, it's uh, my apology. It's Thursday night rather than Friday night, and it's that the over is on a twenty-one and three run for Brooklyn in its last twenty-four games. And I mean, like they didn't have on Tuesday night, they didn't have KD or Kyrie. Didn't matter. Game flew over. And look, it's not rocket science. And by the way, Kyrie and KD will be back on Thursday night. It's not rocket science. Kyrie and Harden don't play defense. and the two of them with Durant are debatably the three of the best offensive players in the league and debatably three of the top 10 offensive players in NBA history perhaps so um, it's not difficult to understand why these games go over now they've had some of these totals have been in the 240s as long as it's 245 or fewer I like the over when Brooklyn goes to the Lakers on Thursday night because LeBron will get everybody good shots or he'll dunk every possession. And then, you know, Brooklyn's going to score a ton as always. All right. And so uh, we'll see what happens with those different NBA plays. And again, keep it close on MajorWager.com. 
with what you have for insight for those games and the trends and what the line might be. Give them, give them your stat again on what your current role is right now with your NBA picks over the last two or three weeks, please. Yeah, 13-1 and one, uh, since February 11th, and that only loss was Phoenix minus four uh, at home to Brooklyn. They had a 24-point second-half lead. Brooklyn rallied, mm-hmm. and uh, so I took my first loss. But those 13 wins are by an average margin of 12.8 points per game. All right, so that was a 24-point comeback by Brooklyn. That still doesn't top. This is the anniversary this week of the Mardi Gras miracle by Rick Patino's Kentucky team back in 1994. That was that was 31. The deficit was 31 with 15 minutes to go and won the game in regulation without needing overtime. I was watching it live. Incredible. I was watching it live. I still yeah. I, I still fire that one up on YouTube. Just search uh, Kentucky. LSU and watch what was it Tony Delk and like Antoine Walter Walker just take your pick on who was bombing yeah, in the Brown. threes but to be down in a college game to be down 31 uh, without the 24 second clock to be down by 31 with 15 and change to go and win the game in regulation in a major college uh, conference like what the SEC is the Mardi Gras miracle. Are we really that old? That, was, that, that thing's 25 years ago? My God. Are we- <laughs> that, that was probably the 45-second clock shot. I believe it might have been 30 by then. It might have been 30 right around there. Uh, 35, 35 probably. Definitely yeah, not 24. 35 or 45. Yeah, definitely not 24 like the NBA. I believe it was the 35-second clock in the 90s before it moved down to 30. So uh, in any event, incredible to go back and relive that. All right, so that kind of segues with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, into the college basketball underdogs. We are all about it, marching to March, heading to March on who's going to be able to do what in the college basketball season. All right, uh, I've already alluded to a couple of these. I made mention to you UConn and Villanova. I'm taking a strong look at that. Project for me, please. UConn again, uh, a winner midweek over Providence. Villanova has not played and will not play the entire week since their loss at Creighton. Still at home for Villanova, one Eastern time Saturday. They're going to probably be a seven or eight point favorite, maybe more, with UConn in this Big East matchup. Yes, correct? Wait, wait, are you saying it's in stores or in it Philadelphia? It is in Philadelphia. So Villanova, probably oh, okay, at yeah. least a, a seven, yeah. right? Probably maybe even a, a, a nine or a ten against UConn, yes? Uh, with book night back, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking seven to eight probably is, is what I would think. I'm interested in Danny Hurley and the Huskies in that one. Uh, for Three Dog Thursday purposes, I'm going to go ahead and say that UConn is rolling along uh, here and may keep this very close, if not pull the upset. Again, Villanova is down about four or five games from a lot of the other teams in the Big East because of their COVID-19 pause and trying to make them up. So let's see what happens in that matchup. You're going to turn your attention instead, uh, I believe, to a Big 12 game in Austin, Texas. Again, 
all things being equal, Texas has not been able to play Oklahoma midweek. We don't know when they're able to play that game. Might the Big 12 adjust the Texas-West Virginia game on Saturday? Maybe move it to another day? Brian and I don't know that right now. At the time that we're taping, the Texas-Oklahoma game is a mystery. We don't know when it's going to be played. So as it stands, Texas is to host West Virginia in Austin Saturday afternoon. Again, with the qualifier out of the way, if they play it, Texas likely favored, right? And you're looking at West Virginia, yes? I I am. Uh, they're off a heartbreaker in overtime at home to Oklahoma uh, last week. They've now dropped two heartbreakers to Oklahoma this year. So West Virginia in bounce-back mode at Texas. If they are a dog, I mean, I think they're going to win outright regardless. But uh, if they're a dog, uh, very interested in West Virginia. Texas is only 2-8 and eight against the spread at home with four outright losses. And let me also point out another run for uh, West Virginia. The over has hit in six straight and nine of its last ten. Very interesting. And again, they want to play that Texas-Oklahoma game for both of them because uh, for the uh, the NCAA net ranking, the strength of schedule, quad one, all of that, they're going to try to make that work. You as the audience may very well know what did they do with rescheduling that game and when they can play it, and might they move the Texas-West Virginia game. I mean, we were talking about this with you last week, that the Missouri Valley by design has been playing these back-to-back games at the same site, and it happened last week with Loyola Chicago and Drake, and you were all over the Ramblers of Loyola Chicago last week saying, hey, give me them in the game with Drake. It turned out they were a slight favorite. We thought they might be an underdog, but they lit up Drake in the first meeting. Well, then they turned right around and played again on Sunday in the same locale, and it was a low-scoring game that Drake won in overtime. I don't know that the Big 12 would do this, but let's say that maybe they could play the Texas-Oklahoma game on Friday. Might they go ahead and say to West Virginia, come ahead to Austin, and you you could be playing Saturday night, or you could be playing Sunday at noon, bang, bang, right, right back for Texas with West Virginia. Again, we'll see what the Big 12 announces and what they do with Texas and that game with West Virginia and how the Oklahoma game might or might not affect it. But good call, Brian Edwards, on, on Loyola Chicago in the, in the Missouri Valley as they've now assumed regular season command in that conference and are looking strong as an at-large team in the top uh, 20 of the, of the net, if not number 15, I think, in the net. Loyola Chicago looking really good to be an at-large team out of the Missouri Valley. Uh, yeah, and you know what? They would have been underdogs in that game had Drake not lost their leading scorer and rebounder to a broken foot. I believe it was either it was either Tuesday or Wednesday night of last week, but we didn't know that yet. Um, and and on that note, it, it made me think how you know you're talking about how the Valley's doing that, and Mountain West Conference has been doing that as well. And, and I had forgotten about this. So Boise State and Utah State play each other Wednesday night. Uh, you know, tonight for us as we're recording, and Boise State's minus one and a half. Uh, so I'll tell our listeners, whoever wins tonight out of Boise State and Utah State. Go opposite. Go like zigzag theory in game two of an NBA series. Do I think whoever wins out of Boise State, Utah State, the loser to, of Wednesday's game will get the win and a split on Friday. So there's one more play. The Just go the loser of the Wednesday game I think will win and cover in what will probably be basically a one- or two-point spread either way. Very interesting. 
All right, and Utah State again playing both games in Boise as the number one team right now in the Mountain West. And that conference might very well get multiple teams, could possibly get three teams in the NCAA tournament between them and San Diego State. Boise State, and Utah State, Colorado San Diego State. State. Is in the, Colorado State is on the fringe. You know, if they could get some quality wins, they might be in the combo as well. All right, so again, worth noting that they're playing in the same locale Wednesday night and Friday night, and again, you like whoever wins that game, you like the other team on Friday night, right? That's what you're Correct. saying. Keep Correct. an eye on the Wednesday night result, and then Utah State and Boise State are slated to play on Friday night late, 10 Eastern time, uh, 8 Mountain time in Boise in the rematch game. So keep an eye on that um as well all right have we pretty well covered everything here with our underdogs i believe we have brian edwards if we did not cover it give me a little bit more and tell them where they can find all your information in in the coming next two or three days in and around all these college and nba games how they find you socially on the web etc brian go ahead uh, well, just to justify my statement on Colorado State, yeah, they are 14-4, and four, no shameful losses. They lose at St. Mary's, at San Diego State, at Utah State, and they lose at home to Boise. But they have a home win over Boise. They have a, 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 a road win at Utah State. They have a road win at San Diego State. So, yeah, Colorado State um, looks like they only have Air Force left twice, though, on their regular season slate. But if they could – you know, get to the finals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, that would mean a, another win over either Utah State, San Diego State, or Boise, and and might be in the at-large mix. Uh, you, your listeners can find me on Twitter, at Vegas uh, B. Edwards. They can find all my picks uh, for uh, college basketball and the NBA at VegasInsider.com. Uh, and uh, as always, TJ, enjoyed it, and have a great weekend, and best of luck on your bets, all your listeners. Love all, love all of this man's uh, selection all of his insight and info majorwager.com majorwager uno is the twitter handle there as well uh to find out all the great information good luck with the underdogs we're going to be very interested to see what happens here as the college basketball season winds down we are now inside of a month from selection sunday believe it or not lots of college hoops lots of underdogs that will be flowing uh, as everything gets rolling coming up brian great stuff Uh, I thank you for being here. We thank the audience for being here as well. However you found us through a social media link, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows. Thank you for doing so. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts is where you find Three Dog Thursday. Good luck with all the underdog picks. We're back next week for Three Dog Thursday. Bye.